0: Hello, my name is Hilary Robertson and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. This time I'm joined by pianist Craig Taborn, whose album Shadow Plays is out now. This is a great album and beautiful music, as I'm sure you can hear on this track, which is called Shadow Play. And I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Craig. Well, welcome to Harmonious World, Craig Tayborn. Thank you for joining me.
1: I'm um, happy to be here.
0: So we're talking about Shadow Plays, which is a really fascinating album for so many reasons. Wonderful. Okay. So first of all, this was recorded literally days before we, the world changed completely.
1: Yes, quite literally, it was recorded. What I always get, I'm getting the dates confused. Was it either March 2nd or March 3rd? I'm thinking.
0: I've got I've got March second here.
1: Okay, so March second um, in Vienna at the Vienna Concert House in a tour that was sort of disintegrating <laughs> as as I was moving, um, not completely, but uh, I had several gigs um, that were being canceled around um, that tour. One of them was in Bergamo, which I think at that point was the epicenter uh, uh, of the Spread of the pandemic in Europe, if not the world, at that point. And March 2nd, remember everything was clustered in Northern Italy and specifically Bergamo. Right. And that was one place I was supposed to go. It didn't happen. <laughs> and so uh, I was in, I had been in London and I ended up just staying in London a little bit, um, uh, always knowing I was going to be, if it was going to happen, going to Vienna and uh that that concert would be recorded
0: uh, right as well okay. yeah
1: so yeah.
0: yeah and uh Manfred Eicher recorded it is that right
1: um he well he's he produced it uh he was supposed to be there but I think because of the uncertainty of the Covid situation um he actually was not at the concert uh that evening although there was every indication I was told he would be there. And I mean, he, I think they made every effort, but I think just uh, traveling to Vienna at that time was sort of untenable. Um, So he wasn't there. So uh, the recordist, the recording engineer was Steph Stefano Amerio, who does a great number of uh, the ECM recordings and had recorded actually my uh, first solo album Avenging Angel from a, 2010 Stefano had recorded that one so he came uh anyway he was always going to be the recording engineer and then uh, Manfred was trying to come but it ultimately did not come
0: no it was it was those difficult days wasn't it when yes. that whole bit of the world was really going it was Complete very uncertainty bad. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you managed to get back to the states all right presumably
1: I did. I, I think I had two more gigs. I played Berlin and then actually played in Rome. Um, and that was always a question if Ro- this south of Italy had not shut down yet. But the night I performed in Rome, which was on the 4th, uh, was the evening that they announced that there would be no more concerts or live events in Rome. So Rome was locking down as I performed in Rome. And then wow. I got on a flight the next morning and just escaped (laughs) that that only to, you know, venture back to New York, which shortly thereafter became, you know.
0: Well, uh, everything closed down, didn't it, at that point?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: So then Manfred Eicher obviously took over and did the production on the album.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, with a solo piano recording, there isn't that much (laughs) to be done. I mean, in, in particular with that instrument, in that hall, a lot of the work's done. You know, there isn't, there was a mix that he uh, did, but it, it it's definitely a lot less work than if it had been an ensemble or you know just multiple yeah. instruments or recorded in a studio. But he listened to it, so it was just a matter of him getting a hold of the recordings and me getting a hold of the recordings, and then just deciding the quest. You know, it was always decided that we would or would just record the concert just to see what would happen. You know, I. I had felt like it was maybe time to record or to document uh, the solo piano kind of approach that I've been doing because I felt like it had changed enough or evolved enough that it was worth maybe documenting. Um, I had actually had designs or we had intended maybe to do a studio recording also like the uh, Avenging Angel recording, but um, I just thought, since so much of it happens in the live context that uh, and with Vienna concert house, I knew it would be a piano and, and room that would be up to the task or sort of meet his standards. So I thought, yeah. well, let's, let's float that idea. And he wholeheartedly agreed. So we documented that. And then as it turned out, um, he was quite happy with the, with the concert and the recording. And I listened to it and became, you know, more convinced i was you know it's always a tricky thing listening to the live performances or rethinking things but um yeah he was quite enthusiastic so we just decided to move forward so then he worked with just a I think there was just a little bit of tweaking you know he he's very good at uh in the mix with the mix engineer of really enhancing the performance that was there so really hearing what what the intention was musically and then doing small detail kind of shifts between mics and things to, to really enhance that. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a stunning album. Uh, oh, can talk. You. Can you talk to me about the process? Because this is, it's all improvised. Is that right? Y-
1: yes. Yeah.
0: And then you don't decide on the title until after the event.
1: Yeah. I rarely do that anyway. Even when I'm composing, <laughs> if I'm pre-composing pieces often, um, I'll have working titles but I don't I often decide titles after but for this out of necessity I do because there's no title going in that I that I'm discerning um, yeah it's 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 the process of just spontaneously creating the work which really means I think a lot I think there's a lot of there are a lot of things that can mean, or people have different notions of what that can mean. I I guess for these performances or the, the idea really is that I'm not deciding things. I'm not really deciding anything before I step out on stage or sit down at the piano. That's the initial impetus, the decision, the decision-making about what's going to happen comes from the moment. And there's a lot of intention behind that in terms of understanding the the creative process which is that you really don't know what the context wants until you're there in a lot of ways so it's it's, it's easier to make vital decisions then because if, if you're making decisions beforehand then you're almost conditioning you're setting up a condition that has to be met by that moment you know what you like if I decide a set list before I enter a concert hall I'm assuming a lot of things about the piano, the acoustics, the audience, and all these things. And a lot of times those can be wrong, and then you're then you're forced to kind of adjust. So I kind of get rid of that whole problem in a way by just seeing what's, uh, what it wants to be as it's happening. Then I'm, you know, in the space with an audience, with that instrument, and it's like... And a lot of those decisions become clearer about what the next move should be.
0: It's almost sort of music at its most pure, isn't it? Because it's in the moment.
1: It has that quality. Yeah, I mean, purity, I, you know, I think pre-composed music is equally as pure in its own way. So I'm not, I don't think that anything, one, any one process is better than another, but um, it is of that moment. So for that particular space in that moment, it certainly is, which is one of the interesting questions about recording it and then listening back when I, 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 Maybe hinted at a little hesitance at first, simply because that music was so much of that space in that moment. When I heard it recorded, and I was sitting in my living room in the COVID lockdown, it was reading very differently to me. And I was not—I was like, "Hmm, is this? Does this make a good recording?" I wasn't sure because I was more sure of what I was doing in that moment in that hall. And so listening back changes the conditions, but ultimately I, I you know I'm very happy with the album, but that does that's a different question in a in a way you know once it's yeah. documented for posterity and anyone can listen at any sort of space. I'm like I was questioning if it's was reading well across different the possibility for it to be read well musically in different spaces and things you know?
0: yeah but yeah. it it's it's a moment in time isn't it it's it's absolutely capturing yeah. that moment
1: yes and exactly
0: especially with everything that was going on you know mm-hmm. a, a mere a few miles away
1: mm-hmm. in
0: terms of people being hit by covid-19 yes and the impacts that i mean those thoughts must have been going through your head they must have certainly been going through the heads of the audience mm mm-hmm. If, I, I suspect if if any of us had known that the last gig we went to in March 2020 was the last gig we would go to for, for some of us, a couple of years. Absolutely. It's very different. So it's fascinating to, to hear it in that context, I think.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it, yeah, that... The question of the moment is always there, but that was a particularly heady moment (laughs) in the world.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, how was your lockdown
1: once you got back to the States? I mean, it was like most of, I think, everyone. It was very strange and a bit disconcerting. Um, For me, aside from those obvious disadvantages, it was also productive, in a lot of ways, I was able to accomplish a lot of projects um, that required more stasis, more being me sitting at home and working on things. So I made use of that time well because I really do spend a, quite a bit of time traveling and performing in my usual life. And so it was a moment, the first time in 25 years where I, I didn't have anywhere to go. you know, (laughs) anywhere else to be or any reason to be anywhere else. And so I was able to, you know, engage in that, in a in a certain way. So there were several moments or periods throughout that kind of COVID year where I was able to accomplish quite a bit, you know, then other moments where I didn't accomplish anything, (laughs) where it became (laughs) the malaise set in and yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I did a, I did get a number of things, like some composition projects and some recording projects that I could do at home. Uh, um, I was able to follow those through to the end, which I, I probably would not have done at all. If I had the schedule, the schedule I had on my plate in 2020 was incredibly busy, full of, of um, touring and and performing around the world, which is fantastic, but I I would not have been able to accomplish some other things just for time's sake. Right. Uh, Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, So what about gigs? Have you started playing again live?
1: Yes. I just got back yesterday from uh, uh, like a two and a half week tour uh, in Europe and I start another one next Monday. So. Um, I'm right in be- and that was my first tour I played a couple one-off concerts in Europe one in Austria and one in Berlin and then I came back for yeah some more concerts but this this was the first proper tour where I was on the road for yeah like I said two and a half weeks
0: right and was that solo piano or was that with a band no uh
1: the, it started actually uh, in Berlin at the Pierre Boulezal with uh, Chris Davis. We have a, a duo oh. uh, that we do called Octopus. And then she all, so we performed the piano duet, the two piano uh, concert. And then she had composed a suite of music to accompany a film. Um, and that was with a larger ensemble with, with Ralph Alessi and Jim Black and a bassist named Miles Perkin. And so we did that th- with two pianos as well. So we did that concert, and then I uh, went from that promptly to a tour uh, with saxophonist Chris Potter and uh, drummer Nasheet Waits, and we did uh, yeah about two and a half weeks on the road.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And
1: that's what I just came back from. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so what's next?
1: Next is uh, I next Monday I start a tour of my own ensembles um the main working group was is a trio with the percussionist chess smith and cellist Tamika reed um and that's two and a half weeks in in europe as well but Tamika will be out uh, with dave douglas trumpet player for the very beginning of that there were four dates that uh we're conflicting, so I have um, Ralph Alessi, trumpet player, um, not quite subbing because it's completely—you don't sub <laughs> yeah. a trumpet for a cello, but just filling in. And, and w- so there will be four dates with Ralph and Chess Smith, and then Tamika will join, and Ralph will go home uh, right. or go wherever he's going, and then it'll be the prop the two uh, trio, yeah, with Tamika, and that's right. the next thing, yeah.
0: Okay, and your trio yeah. stuff is that largely improvised or is it um, partly composed?
1: uh yeah it's a mixture yeah Uh, there's quite a bit of improvisation but there's also quite a bit of prepared uh uh pieces and things as well
0: right okay and I guess I guess the more people you add the more there is that need for sort of structure and
1: well not always you know I have enough groups uh that that isn't always the case I mean there's a group I have with that I'm in a collective I'm in with Evan Parker and Peter Evans that's fully improvised. And uh, yeah, so it it runs the gamut, you know? Um, Yeah. It really depends uh, just what, how you want to engage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. It's lovely to hear that creativity, that creative flow and that, um, and also I love the, the way you've been talking about different ensembles and different, working with different people and stuff and i think that's the thing that we missed the most in lockdown is um you know there were there were there were some people who were doing um live streaming events and things like that and they were always with the same you know a singer with the same pianist or whatever and i I think Mm -hmm. variety is so much part of music for me that Mm -hmm. that that's the nicest thing that's come now we've coming back we're coming back to
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That that possibility to engage. I mean, it it really is a language of of well, especially with the improvisational language is one that really welcomes these encounters and 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 just engaging with different musicians and a, and a diversity of musicians and a diversity of approaches. You know, and yeah. it's really enriching to do that, and it's really enriching to do it with an audience because it really is as much as it's about the musicians interacting with each other, it's about the musicians interacting with an audience as well. And that was really driven home. I think we all kind of felt it with not having that connection of being in the same space with this, with necessity of streaming concerts, there was something missing, although there was a certain ingenuity to utilizing that technology. It's like, but it's not the same. And, you know, just finishing a tour now where I just played, you know, whatever, 12 concerts in as many days or whatever, it really, it's like, yeah, this is definitely the way this really, the way it should be for these live performances. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I, uh, last week I went to see Jared Lawson. And uh, so he's, he was absolutely feeding off the audience. You could really Mm -hmm. see it. Well, they all were, all four of them. And, Mm There, there's something joyous about that bond between an audience and a, and, and the musicians on stage.
1: That, yes,
0: that yeah. you that really can't be replaced by technology.
1: No, not at all. No. I mean, we're we're human beings. Yeah. <laughs> we You know, we, exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not cyborgs yet fully. No. So we need, <laughs> we share space and we're communal you know, yeah. we, this is how we're kind of made to operate, you know, yeah. we, we like to share space and engage communally and things. So Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Craig. Well,
1: thank you for having me. This was great.
0: Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Craig. Please do connect with him online. The links are all in the show notes. And you can also, don't forget, you can also buy me a coffee by clicking on the link in the show note. Every little helps, as they say. Please do rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And what you're listening to right now is Now in hope from Craig Taborn's album Shadow Plays and I hope you enjoy listening to a little more of this. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.